This morning, uh, we're going to kind of jump into our series entitled Do It For A Day. And basically, through the fast, we're just going to kind of work through on Sunday morning some of the highlights of this book. If you've not purchased the book, Do It For A Day, let me encourage you to go ahead and do that. Uh, you don't have to have it today to get started. You can go ahead and get started today. But I'd encourage you, if you haven't purchased the book, to go ahead and purchase the book. And uh, we're going to kind of be working through some things together. Also, uh, we're going to be doing something special uh, Right after COVID 2020, I started doing a daily devotional. We called it Everyday Sunday because the Bible says that this is the day the Lord has made and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it, right? So every day is Sunday. Every day is a day of worship. Every day is a day of prayer. Every day is a day to serve God and know God. And so we've been doing Monday through Friday about 9.30 every morning. We release a devotional video. It's about five to eight minutes long on our Facebook page. Uh, we're going to start today for the next 30 days we're going to be releasing a daily video that's basically going to be highlighting what our daily devotional is together. It's just going to be an extra word of encouragement, an extra way for us to come together. And something I want to challenge you to do, if you're a real Facebooker, I really want to challenge you to do this. Take advantage of that little community opportunity for you to share, for you to comment, and let's encourage one another. It's going to be a great place for some accountability, a great place to encourage each other in the faith. If you can comment on what somebody ate for supper last night, you can probably comment on the fact that they've decided to set the next few days, few weeks apart to seek after the Lord. And let's just encourage each other in the Lord and take advantage of, uh, of what God has given us through social media, okay? All right, so some great stuff happening. So let me just uh, open with Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look at this scripture together. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, verse 15. The apostle Paul says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, making the most of every opportunity. King James uses the word redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time in these evil days. And don't act thoughtlessly. Don't just wander through life. Don't just casually get up and live your daily life. We talked about it last week. One of the challenges we have is that because we don't have margin, we're so busy that we actually live out of memory instead of creativity. And we just do what we've always done because that's what we've always done. And if you don't have margin in your life, if you don't have time to think, if you don't have time to pray, and if you don't have time to plan according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you're just going to keep doing what you've always done. And we all know the definition of insanity, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So I want to encourage you that we've got to break out of that concept, right? We can't just thoughtlessly live our lives. Look what he says in the next part of that verse. He says, so don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what God wants you to do. Get a revelation of God's will. Get a revelation of God's plan. Get a revelation of God's purpose for your life. And let me tell you what will happen when you fast and pray for 21 days. Number one, you're going to draw closer to the Lord if your heart is right. And you're going to begin to hear the voice of God with greater clarity. And so Paul encourages us not to be foolish, but to redeem the time. And not to be thoughtless, but to purposely live our lives intentionally pursuing the things that God has called us to. So look at, look at that first point on the screen, if you would, this morning. Just a real quick recap. We said last week, as we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we want to make and break habits, right? We want to make 
and break some habits so we can create margin. And margin is simply this, right? Margin is space. It's the time, it's the energy, and it's the resources to do the things God has called us to do. And if you weren't here last Sunday, we kind of cast a little vision for 2022, and we talked about the importance of creating margin and living on mission in your life. If you're constantly running from one thing to another and you don't have time to seek the Lord and pray and get fresh insight and direction for your life, then you're too busy. Come on, somebody. If you're financially stressed and you can't think about money because you're always behind on the bills trying to catch up, you can't plan for tomorrow because you're always paying for yesterday, then you need to spend some time with Jesus. Come on, somebody. You need margin. You need some financial margin in your life. And so the reality is, is we think about our habits over the next 21 days. What do I want to make and what do I want to break? I want you to think about, last week I asked you two questions. We kind of closed with this. We said, we said, are you living on mission? Number one, is your life connected to God's purpose? We said your personal accomplishments should produce kingdom advancement. If my personal accomplishments are not advancing God's kingdom, then I need some new personal goals. Come on, somebody. If I'm just building my kingdom and I'm not building God's kingdom, I'm in trouble. I've, I'm climbing that ladder of success, right, but I've leaned it up against the wrong wall, and I'm going to accomplish something at the end of my life that really has no value. So i got to make sure I'm living on mission. That my life is connected to winning souls, making disciples, destroying the works of the devil. I want to be a kingdom builder, right? Not just a Christian that goes to church on Sunday. And so I've got to make sure, am I living on mission? The second thing I asked you last week is what one area in your life needs the most margin? And I want you to think about that seriously because as we make and break habits over the next 21 days, let's identify some things that we need to make and let's identify some things that we need to break so we can create some margin so you can have a little more time for your family. So you, you can't have a healthy, godly marriage if you don't invest in your marriage. You can't raise godly kids in an ungodly world if you don't invest in your kids. Right? You can't spiritually hear and do the things that God wants you to do if you're not investing in your relationship with God. And so all of a sudden, we need some margin. So I want you to think about that as we kind of get started today. What are the habits I need to make? What are the habits I need to break? And you probably don't need 10 of them. You probably don't need three of them. It'd probably be good to start with one. <laughs> one of the things that Mark Batterson says that I love, he says, he says we need to have big dreams and small habits. We need big dreams and small habits to help us accomplish the dreams. When you look at the people, I want you to think about this for a second. When you think about the people that are in your life that you admire, and I've got a lot of people, Kelly and I have a lot of people that we look up to, and there are people in different areas. There are people I look up to that financially, man, they've just honored God with their finances. People, their marriage is the kind of marriage that we want to have. Their kids, they've raised the kind of kids we want to raise. And I look at people, and I look at ministries and pastors, and I think, man, I want to, I want to exemplify what they're doing. And you look at their lives, and you know what you can find out about people that are really doing great things for the glory of God? They have small habits. People that are doing great things have small habits. 
And if you were to just drill down and kind of pull back the curtain on their life, you're going to find out they did not accidentally build that kind of marriage. And they did not accidentally create that kind of family. And they did not accidentally prosper financially. And they did not accidentally build a life-giving ministry. When you pull back the curtain on their life, you'll see that that big life with those big goals and those big dreams were all driven by small habits that they had implemented into their life many times over years of doing the thing they needed to do in order to accomplish the vision that God had for their life. So I want to encourage you today, do not underestimate the power of one small habit. And if I can encourage you in anything today, that's my prayer. Let me encourage you as we go into this 21 days of prayer and fasting, God, I want to make or break at least one habit so I can create more margin and I can live with mission. So I can connect my heart to the things that really matter to you, God. So look at that first point on your outline. So one of Mark Batterson's quote is simply this. He says, show me your habits and I'll show you your future. Show me your habits and I'll show you your future. Why? Because our habits bless us or our habits curse us. Because we cannot escape the law of sowing and reaping. And our lives perfectly reflect the habits that we have created. Show me your habits and I'll show you your future. You want to know what your tomorrow is going to look like? It's really not that great, not, not that hard to understand. Your tomorrow is going to be the accumulation of your habits today. It's what you're doing today that's going to create your tomorrow. So if you're not happy with today, guess what? you got to change something today. <laughs> Because the only way to change tomorrow is to make adjustments in how we're living our lives today. Today matters. Come on, somebody. Today matters. So our habits will either bless us or curse us. And we all know that to be true, right? We all know that we have all had habits that have blessed us, and we've all had habits that have cursed us. Right? The way we eat is either blessing or cursing us. The way we take care of our bodies is either blessing or cursing us. The investment we're making in our relationship with God is either blessing or cursing us. Our marriage is either being blessed or cursed. Our children are being blessed or cursed. Our finances are being blessed or cursed. Our jobs, our careers, our success in the things of this world are either being blessed or cursed by the habits that we have in our lives because it's called the law of sowing and reaping. It's found in Galatians chapter 6. Look at this scripture. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 8 is some of the most challenging scripture in the Bible, but it's also some of the most encouraging scripture in the Bible. Listen to what Paul says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever. Y'all say it with me. Whatever. whatever. Say it one more time. Whatever. For whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Whatever. Whatever you sow financially is what you're going to reap financially. Whatever you sow spiritually is what you're going to reap spiritually. Whatever you sow relationally is what you're going to reap relationally. Whatever you sow in the area of your thoughts. Let me, let, me, let me give you three areas of habit I want you to think about. I want you to think about the habit of your thinking. We have habitual thoughts. What's the first thought you think every morning? What's the last thought you think at night before you go to bed? See, we have habitual thoughts. We have a habit of thinking a certain way. We have a habit of speaking. See, there are some words that come out of your mouth without you even thinking about them. 
And some of you are blessing and some of you are cursing your own life because there's a habit of words. You're not even processing it, but you're saying it. You're not really thinking about it, but you're uttering it. So we have the habit of our thoughts, we have the habit of our words, and then we have the habit of our actions, our deeds. There are some things that you almost do automatically. When somebody does something, you respond a certain way. When something happens over here, you respond a certain way. Why? Because you have a habit of responding and reacting according to certain situations and stimulus that comes into your life. So I want you to think about as we're making and breaking habits, maybe there are some thought habits I need to break. Maybe there are some word habits I need to break. Maybe there are some actions that I need to break that I've just habitually responded in a way that at the end of the day, I really don't even want to respond that way. I kind of kick myself when it's over with and say, why did you do that? And here's the realization. You probably don't need a new dream or a new vision. What you really need is a new habit. Statistic. Let me give you a little statistic here. It's the first of the year, right? And everybody in the world is making New Year's resolutions. Statistically speaking, 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail. And so that's why we're not talking about resolutions. Because you don't need to make a New Year's resolution. You need to make a New Year habit. You don't need a new resolution. You need a new habit. Because it is your habits that dictate your future. It is the habit... According to scripture, the seeds that I sow produces the harvest that I reap. So it's my habit that produces my harvest. And the only way to get a new harvest is I've got to cultivate a new habit in my life. Look what uh, Proverbs 22 verse 8 says. It says, he who sows iniquity will reap sorrow. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So here's the truth. Not only do we reap the harvest of our habit, but according to Scripture, if I sow abundantly, I get an abundant harvest. And if I sow sparingly, I get a small harvest. So not only am I going to reap what I sow, but the degree that I sow it, is going to determine the size of the harvest that comes back. Now, that's good news if I'm sowing good seed. Come on, somebody. But if I'm not sowing the right seed and I've got some bad habits, then guess what? I've got to break up that ground that I've sowed those seeds in, and I've got to begin to create a new habit that's going to create the right harvest in my life. Look at that next point. Mark Batterson makes this statement. He says, destiny is not a mystery. <laughs> destiny is your daily habits. It's not a mystery. It's your daily habits. You ever heard the little statement, God works in mysterious ways, right? We say that in the Christian world. God works in mysterious ways. And it's true. God's ways are above our ways. God's thoughts are above our thoughts. And God does some amazing things. But here's what I've recognized. Let me give you a little Pastor Keith perspective. I've recognized that sometimes we use that little phrase, God works in mysterious ways, to excuse our lack of diligence and discipline 
to do the right thing. Well, you know, it'll just all work out because God works in mysterious ways. And God also said, do not be deceived. He will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And so your destiny is not a mystery. Your destiny is your habits. You can, quote, predict the future by the habits that you have cultivated today. Because the seeds I sow today produce the harvest that I reap tomorrow. Look at that next little statement. You're one habit away from any goal that you set. You're one habit away from any goal that you set. The truth is, nothing is impossible, the Bible says, to those that believe. Mark Batterson tells the story. Any basketball fans in the house? We got any basketball fans in the house? One of you, two of you. Come on, somebody. There we go. Y'all just raise your hand and act like you love me. Come on. Everybody's basketball fans. He tells the story, refreshes us, of a guy by the name of Spud Webb. Y'all remember Spud Webb? I think it was like back in 1987, Spud Webb was five foot seven inches tall, and he won the slam dunk contest in the NBA. How many of you know that you don't accomplish that goal without setting some habits? See, you're one habit away from any goal you want to accomplish. You want to cultivate an intimate relationship with God? You're just one habit away. It's called a quiet time. You want to be used mildly by God? It's just one habit away. It's called serving on the dream team. It's called showing up. You, you want to have a healthy marriage? You want, to, you want to grow godly kids? You want to get out of debt? You want to lose weight and get in shape? You're just one habit away from any goal you want to set. And what's exciting about that is all of a sudden it takes all these lofty goals that we can dream. And how many know we're good at dreaming big, right? We're just not good at planning small. We can dream big, but we don't plan small enough to get this thing down to a habit. What is the habit I need to implement today to get me to the big, 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 big goal and dream that I have for tomorrow? Because it all starts with one little habit. Look at that next part. Habit formation is not easy but it is doable. I love, I love the fact that Mark Batterson, he really does a great job of not sugarcoating anything. Over and over throughout this book, as we take this 30-day journey together, he's going to remind us that it's going to be hard. He's going to remind us there's going to be challenges. He's going to remind us there's going to be resistance. There's going to be pushback from without, and there's going to be pushback from within. Come on, somebody. Somebody say fasting, pushback from within. <laughs> There's going to be resistance. There's going to be problems. It's going to get harder before it gets easier. But here's the good news. Habit formation is not easy, but it's doable. And look at this next little statement. He says, we just have to be willing to fail, fall, and look foolish. <laughs> Let me tell you why that matters. It matters because the first time you do anything you've never done before, you're going to fall down, you're going to fail, and you're never going to do it perfectly the first time. 
So you guys know we got, we got grandbabies now, and Jude is, is learning how to crawl, and Xander's walking all over the place, getting into everything. And what's interesting about this is that when you're learning how to crawl, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of falls and spills, and there's a few face plants along the way. And you know what? We don't get discouraged by that. As a matter of fact, when our kids fall down, we applaud them. Good job. Good job. You're doing so good. Come on, let's do it again. Good job. Good job. Yeah, I know that hurt. Good job. We were Kelly and I were watching Xander one day, and, and I had him out in the backyard. He loves sticks, and we're out in the backyard. We're sword fighting with sticks, and, and he trips over a root in the yard, fall down, and face plants, and skins his face. And Kelly's like, oh, my gosh, Jessica's going to be so upset. And I'm like, it's so awesome. <laughs> Look at that. It means he's learning. It means he's growing. It means he's taking steps. He's doing things he's never done before. Because if I don't learn how to step over that root, I'm always going to fall down. And the only way I learn how to step over the root is i got to fall down. And the truth is simply this. We are so afraid of failure. Listen to this, guys. We are so afraid of failure that we settle. We settle for what we've always done instead of becoming the person we know we're called to be. But we have to fail. We have to fall down. And we have to look foolish. Let, let me tell you what I know to be true. The first day on your job as an adult, the first day on your job, when you started a new job, almost everybody comes home from their first day on their new job thinking, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, they're talking about stuff. I don't know what they're talking about. They're saying things. I don't know what they're saying. They're wanting me to do stuff. And man, they're doing it really fast. And I can't even get one part put together. I can't figure out this thing. And nearly every one of us in this room and everybody watching online, the first day you started a new job, you came home and thought, I don't know if I can do it. But you went back the second day. And you went back the third day. And you went back the fourth day. And now you do what you do and you don't even think about it. It is second nature to you. Why? Because you have created a habit of going to work and doing the thing that you do. And if I came to your job tomorrow, it'd be hard. If you came to my job tomorrow, it'd be hard. It would be hard doing things we've never done before because we've never done them before. But that's not an excuse. It really is an opportunity for us to grow. Because the only people that aren't failing, falling, and looking foolish are the people that aren't doing anything new. I love new adventures. And I love the fact that when we fall down, we can get back up. Look at this scripture with me. You guys know this scripture. Proverbs 24, 16. It says, The godly may trip seven times, but they'll get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. I want you to think about something. From this one verse, this is not the whole concept, but from this one scripture, if you were to apply the truth from this one scripture, here's what this one scripture teaches us. The difference between the godly and the wicked is how they handle failure. The godly fall down seven times and they get back up again. But one disaster is enough. To overthrow the wicked. See, the difference between you living a godly life and living an ungodly life is how you handle failure. 
The difference between you becoming the person God's called you to be and creating the habits that fulfill the dream and the vision that God has for your life is how you handle failure. You cannot be afraid of failure. We have to embrace it. We have to recognize that falling down is a part of getting up and we can never crawl and we can never walk and we can never run until we're willing to fall, fail, and look foolish. And if we're willing to do that, guess what? We can do anything. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Can I get an amen from somebody today? Look at that next point. My favorite quote in the entire book is right here. Consistency beats intensity. Consistency beats intensity every day of the week. You want to know why 92% of all New Year's resolutions fail? Because we're really intense and excited and passionate for a week. Maybe two. Maybe the entire month. And after that, our intensity wanes. And intensity without consistency always produces failure that never goes away. Consistency beats intensity. It's your willingness just to make a habit. Say, I'm going to do it every day, and 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 I'm going to do it every day. <laughs> every day, that consistency of habit. We are one domino away from a breakthrough. Consistency creates synergy and produces exponential growth and progress. He tells a story in the book about the guy that, that broke the, uh, world, the Guinness Book of World Records uh, record for domino stacking. You know, when they stack all the dominoes up, and, woo, and it was like thousands of dominoes. Well, while this guy was becoming famous for stacking dominoes, a scientist decided to study domino stacking. And this is what the scientists found out. The scientists found out that a two-inch domino has the power when pushed to knock over a domino that's one and a half times taller than it is. So a two-inch domino can knock over a three-inch domino, and a three-inch domino can knock over a four-and-a-half-inch domino. Now listen to this. And 21 dominoes later... You can knock over the Washington Monument that is 555 feet tall. <laughs> 21 dominoes later. That's crazy. 21 days. What would happen in 21 days? What if consistently you prayed and fasted? What if consistently you sought the Lord? What if consistently you said, I'm going to make and break these habits that God has put into my life to help me live the life he's called me to live? What if we could do that? I want to tell you what would happen. 21 days later, we'd be knocking down some things. You're just 21 days away from a breakthrough. You're just 21 days away from what you thought was impossible becoming a reality in your life. Two inches to 555 feet in 21 dominoes. That's the power of consistency. That's the power of doing it again and again and again. Let me tell you what the Bible says 
about consistency. Look with me in Proverbs 12, verse 24. The Bible doesn't necessarily use the word consistent. It uses the word diligent, and it uses the word faithful to convey that same thought. When you think about consistency, you think about a diligent person that is consistent in what they're doing. Look what the Bible says. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. I want you to hear this today. We will either rule our habits or we will be ruled by them. We will either rule our habits or we will be ruled by the habits that we have made. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. I wrote it down so I wouldn't mess it up. He said, Keith, if we don't do the things that we need to do, if I don't do the things that I need to do, then I will end up, listen to this, if we don't do the things we need to do, then we will be forced to do the things that we don't want to do. The hand of the diligent rules... But the lazy man is put to forced labor. He doesn't want to do it. He just has to. Think about that. If we don't do the things we need to do, we'll end up spending our lives doing the things we don't want to do. Can I tell you how many times I hear Christians complain about their jobs? Well, I don't want to do this job anymore. I don't want to work here anymore. I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of this. Well, guess what? Stop being lazy and start being diligent. Create a habit. What's the habit you need to create to come out of the place that you're finding yourself in? Maybe you need to create a habit of going to school and getting an education. Maybe you need to create a habit of learning a new skill. Maybe you just need to create a habit of putting out resumes and applying for new jobs. I just hate my job. I hate going to work every day. The hand of the diligent rules. He rules over his habits. He rules over his life. But the lazy hand... The hand that's not diligent, the hand that's not consistent, the hand that's not faithful, that person is forced to labor. I don't want to spend the rest of my life laboring for the things that I have no heart or passion to do. Now, let me just be honest with you. Some of you may hate your jobs because you got a bad attitude. I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and burned it. When I used to lay carpet, I hated laying carpet. And I dreaded it, and I didn't like it, and I complained about it, and I grumbled because I was a pastor, and I was called to be a pastor, and I knew God was calling me to this, and this is what I want to do, but I'm still laying carpet, and I didn't like it. And God used people in my life. Praise God for people. Y'all say praise God for people. God used people in my life to challenge me and check me, and guess what? I had to change my habit of how I thought about my job in order to be able to enjoy my job and be able to do the things God called me to do. Look at the next scripture. Proverbs 10, 4. It says, he who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Holy Spirit showed me something. He said, Keith, he said, this also speaks not just about money and poverty, but it speaks about margin. The slack hand is poor. It does not have margin. If you're poor, you're lacking. And he said, if you're not diligent... In what you do, then you're always going to be lacking. You're not going to have enough time. You're not going to have enough energy. You're not going to have enough money to do the things that God is calling you to do because you're slack in your discipline. You haven't created habits to produce the harvest that you believe and know God has called you to live. Proverbs 28 verse 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings. 
But he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Think about all the get rich quick, lose weight quick, get in shape quick gimmicks that we all know don't work, but we buy them anyway. Because we want it quick and easy. Let me tell you something. It's not going to be quick and easy. It's going to be long and hard. (laughs) Wasn't that a great word on Sunday morning? It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be quick and easy. It's going to be long and hard. But guess what? It's going to be worth it. Because you can hasten to be rich, and it will always bring sorrow. Or you can be faithful to the little things, and you can produce abundant blessings. Luke 16, look at this scripture with me. Jesus is speaking. Jesus says, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. I want you to listen to that part again. If you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. As I was studying the scripture, the Holy Spirit just kind of uh, pulled me under the rug a little bit. If you're dishonest in little things, then you won't be responsible with bigger things. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, Keith, he said, do you realize you never lie to your wife or your family or any to anybody else, just to be honest with you? He said, but do you realize you lie to yourself? And I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> explain. He explained really quick, by the way. <laughs> You guys know I've been, I've, been, I've been losing weight for about three and a half years now. I'm trying to be healthy and take care of myself. And, uh, and so I, I, I log and track my calories almost every day. Not every day, but almost every day. I have an app and I track the calories that I eat. And when I eat more than I should eat, and I go to log the calories, <laughs> I'm like, I see that number and I'm like, that don't look good. So I just fudge a little bit because I feel better about myself. When I hit my calorie goal on the app, but I didn't hit my calorie goal in my flesh. (laughs) And I lied to myself. And the Lord said, Keith, I wonder how many people listening to you Sunday are lying to themselves. We tell ourselves we're really doing better than we are doing. We say, well, I've got a good healthy marriage, but you're really not investing in your marriage. I've got a good relationship with God, but you're not sowing any spiritual seed. And we tell ourselves we're doing better than we're really doing because it feels good. (laughs) But we need to develop a habit of honesty with ourselves. How am I really doing? And I need to be honest with me. Because if I can be honest with me, then I can have greater responsibility. God will entrust me with more. If I can be honest with what I have, God will entrust me with more than I have. But i got to be honest with myself. Next point. Look at that next scripture. Verse 11. He says, and if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth... Who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, what's worldly wealth? He's talking about money. He says, then who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? You know what the true riches of heaven are? It's people. (laughs) 
Jesus didn't die so he could take silver and gold to heaven. He pays his street with gold. Jesus died for me and you. And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Keith, he said, money is a test and money is a tool. We've all heard that. Money is a test. It tests your heart. It tests your motives. It tests where you really are. It's a test and it's a tool. And if you're not faithful with your money, think about this. If you don't tithe or give, if you don't honor God with your finances, then how can God trust you with people? If you can't honor God with your money, how can you be trusted to lead God's people? And this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Keith, there are a lot of people that are not living up to their full spiritual potential because they're not faithful with money. And if I can't trust you with $100, $1,000, or $100,000, then how can I trust you with people that have eternal souls? We need to be in the habit of honoring God. Come on, somebody. Honoring God with our finances. Honoring God with our lives. And then Jesus goes on and says, And if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with your own? Think about that. You, you, you ever see how people treat their boss's stuff? The company's stuff? See, I, I always worked kind of construction, so, you know, we were working with tools and different things, and it was amazing how people would throw around tools that didn't belong to them. Well, because the boss will buy another one. You know what the Bible says? If you're not faithful with somebody else's stuff, then why would God ever give you your own? That's powerful. That's powerful. Next verse, Jesus says, For no one can serve two masters. You'll hate the one, love the other. You'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Look at this last point with me today. Remember that we are not building our kingdom, guys. We're not building our kingdom. We're building his kingdom. Our personal accomplishments are intended for kingdom advancement. This is not about my kingdom. It's about his kingdom. It's not about my will. It's about his will. It's not about my plan. It's about God's plan. And I want to be a part of something that's eternal. We're not building our kingdom. We're building his. And we're not operating in our strength. God has given us supernatural power to do the things he's called us to do. We are creating margin so we can live on mission for the glory of God. Of God. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Great scripture. I love this verse. But you shall receive power. The Greek word is dunamis. We get our word dynamite. It's supernatural, miraculous power. Look at this. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. God does not empower us to do our will, God empowers us to be a witness for His will. Come on, somebody. There's supernatural power. God wants to empower you. Here's the good news of the gospel. As we talk about habits and breaking habits and making habits and 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're not doing all this to build our kingdom. We're doing it to build God's kingdom, and we're not doing it in our strength. My willpower is not enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon me. And I can be a witness declaring the glory of who God is in all that I do. 
Isaiah 41, verse 10. What a great scripture. Fear not, God says, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. God wants to help us. God wants to strengthen us. God wants to empower us. Again, this is not about willpower. This is about God's power at work in our lives. That's why it's prayer and fasting and devotional life because it is through prayer and fasting that we connect and reconnect and refocus our hearts on the Lord so that through his strength and through his power and through his might we can make and break the habits that create the life he's called us to live Psalms 31 verse 24 says be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart all you who hope in the Lord not only does God want to strengthen us physically he wants to strengthen us spiritually emotionally and mentally he wants to strengthen our hearts because I found out, and you know this to be true, more important than external strength is internal fortitude. You're going to win or lose. You're going to be consistent or inconsistent, not based on how strong you are in your muscles, but how strong you are in your heart. It is your will to serve Him that's going to give you the breakthrough that you need. And God wants to strengthen your heart. We're not doing this on our own. Jeremiah 9, verse 23 and 24, last scriptures for today. This is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom, or the powerful boast in their power, or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Our victory is not in our wisdom. It's not in our power. It's not in our riches. Our, victim, our victory is in the fact that we know the Lord, that we know Him, and that we understand. Look what it says, that they understand that He is Lord overall and that he wants to pour out his unfailing love he wants justice and righteousness to reign in the earth so the key to our breakthrough is our dependence on him God I want to know you because it's not my might it's not my power but it's by your spirit God that we break through and here's what I believe I believe that through prayer and fasting, we can connect, and we can refocus, and we can be renewed on the inside to such a degree that we can make and break any habit in our life so we can create margin and live on mission for the glory of God. I believe we are well able, amen, because it's not our strength, it's His. I want you just to bow your heads with me today. I want to start out by challenging you. If you're here today, you're watching me online. I want to challenge you today as a Christian. Number one, to press into the Lord. It's His strength, not yours. Some of you have already told yourself, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I want to tell you today, Satan is a liar. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can fast and pray and you can make and break the habits that God wants for your life. You can do it because He is for you, He is with you, He is in you. And His presence is here. You're not alone. Don't try to do this in your own strength. Don't try to do it in your own merit. Trust in the Lord. Let's lean on Him. 
lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways, we want to trust in the Lord. Let's look to Him right now. That habit that you need to make, that habit that you need to break, I want you to see it right now under the cross, under the finished work of Jesus. I want you to see the blood of Jesus applied over that area of your life and know that the victory is yours because of what Jesus has already done. And you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So I want you to walk out of here today. I want you to, to, to walk away from this service this morning knowing that your heart is encouraged that you can do what God's calling you to do. Because he's with you. The second thing I want to do as we get ready to pray is maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online, and you realize, Pastor Keith, I don't know God. Maybe I know about God, but I don't know him. And I've never accepted Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of my life. But today's my day. And I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose again on the third day. And today, I want to invite him into my life. I want to know God and I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. If you've never done that before, I want you just to raise your hand and say, Today, I want to know him as my Lord and Savior. Today, I want to accept that free gift of eternal life. And I want to receive his grace over my life today. If you're watching online, just hit that little hand emoji, type in that chat box. I'm raising my hand. We want to pray with you today. But if you're in the room, just slip your hand up right now. Today I want to know God. I don't know Him, but I want to know Him as my Lord and Savior. And I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. We're about to pray with those of you that are here and those of you that are watching online. I'm going to ask everybody in the room, if you will, let's just say this prayer together out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Rose again on the third day. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I receive the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, we love you. Welcome to the family. If you prayed that prayer online, please let us know. We want to help you take that next step. God bless you today. Have